Tēnā koutou, nā hui e whahatino, harikautaku nā koe ke tia ia koutou. We're giving you a backstage pass, sharing insights about the mahi that goes into creating great theatre with Auckland Theatre Company. Come intrigued, leave inspired. Kia ora and welcome to Backstage Pass. I'm Maxine London and I'm giving you a backstage pass to discover what it takes to create exceptional theatre in Aotearoa. Come on this journey with me as I talk to directors, actors, creators and designers and learn more about the work that goes on behind the curtain. We'll uncover juicy anecdotes from the rehearsal room, we'll dive deeper into important themes and we'll discover how much hard mahi it really takes to take plays from page to stage. Now, each production that Auckland Theatre Company presents has an event called Sunday Forum. This is an opportunity to dive deeper into the themes and hard work that goes on behind the scenes in front of a live audience. It happens straight after a show on a Sunday afternoon and it's free for anyone to attend. For Hyperspace, actor and musician James Tito interviews Hyperspace choreographer Jack Gray about his career, aerobics and Māori culture. Let's sit in on the conversation. And koe, Jack. I know you're Pukumahi and you have lots of different kaupapa <laughs> that you're doing, so uh, I'm sure I can speak on behalf of everyone here. We are grateful for your time, Ewa. Thank you, Barry. Um, I guess, um, firstly, uh, tuatahi. So, Jack, ko wai koe. Hi. Oh, tēnā koutou katoa. Uh, ko Jack Gray taku ingoa. Um, ko kai kani kani ahau. Um, no Tamaki Makoto aho. I'm really glad to come from Tamaki Makoto and to be a, um, a dancer that explores whakapapa and um, many other themes, I think, in the show. Um, just taking a breath to think about absorbing what hyperspace um, arrived to be in this performance. I think uh, it speaks to resilience. I think it speaks to um, that creative spark within each of us and the passion that was um, experienced uh, both in the performance but also in the real life doing. And I, I always said to the, um, the performers that you're not going to act aerobics, you're going to have to do it. And to be able to get through um, a competitive aerobics routine is a really um, a big, it was a big task and one that I think they really rose up to. So please give them a round of applause. Kia ora. So I saw the show on opening night. Um, how was that for you seeing opening night after all the mahi you guys have put into it? What was that like and what can you remember? Yeah, well, um, an, an interesting thing to say, I think, that um, uh, we had this um, little bit of a hiccup, which was that um, about 8 of 15 music tracks weren't um, approved to be performed. And can you imagine that? <laughs> and so I was told on Waitangi Day, which was the 7th, we opened on the 10th, that we had to swap them out. And so, I know, right? So we had this incredible surge of energy when really you want to be consolidating all of the work that you know, but they had to do the opposite. They had to let go of what they, where their comfort zone was and to be able to reach into the moment. And we actually finished choreographing it two hours before opening. Um, we, we did go up on the preview with songs that... Um, uh, that had to be there for the for the for their safety because 
as you can see, it's a massive show. It's two hours long, and everything is so... Um, there's, a, there's 14 people in the cast. They're all different ages and ranges and styles, and, um, and there are some beautiful young um, tira on stage who, were, um, who are learning um, in this experience. So for them, it was, it was a big task. So I guess um, I was really nervous on opening night because you don't, like no one had actually seen the show until opening night happened. And um, yeah, I remember um, at five o'clock just going, I finished choreographing. Um, thanks guys, good luck. And then I went upstairs and had some wonderful drinks with um, hosted by ATC and Villa Maria. And I think that um, the privilege, I think, of being a choreographer is that you've done the best you can to offer all the tools and the training and the, and the things. And then it's really up to the artists to live that and to breathe it and to become it. So... Um, yeah, I get to sit in the crowd just like everyone else and experience the excitement of it all coming together. And and just between you and I, James, it's so funny when you see performers that you've watched and trained and yelled at and said, more, I need more, more energy. And then they like totally do everything you wanted on the stage. And I'm thinking, wow, I can't believe that they had that little bit of extra thing that they were preserving. But there is something really special about having an audience. And they we worked in a very insular little space at Tipo Theatre for a month in the lead up. And so we were kind of in our bubble. So it's been nice to pop the bubble and share it with people. Now, Jack, um, you've you've got such an extensive career and a wide berth of experiences. You've been overseas. You've you're, you're back home. You you can you can pretty much do anything you want within the dance and within the acting within the theatre space. So, for you, um, what 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 draws you to a project in general, and then what drew you to hyperspace particularly? Well, um, I guess for the last six years, I was um, in the role of artistic director of Atomy Dance Company, which I was a founding member of back in 2000, so a long time. And coming back home from living and traveling abroad, mostly in uh, the USA, um, I came home really to, um, as you say, give across knowledge that I'd acquired over a broad period of time to help um, support the legacy of arts in this country, and specifically with Māori performance and dance, um, which is my um, the, the thing that I've worked in um, hardest towards. I was, I think, where this really came about for hyperspace was I got bored during lockdown, and I put a little, I found this tiny video of me doing aerobics, and I, I've said this on the New Zealand Herald, like, Mostly I try to hide that skeleton of leotards in my closet and um, I don't want people to know about it <laughs> because I think, you know, it makes me cringe. I mean, did you see all the leotards on stage? So funny, right? And that period of time, which was um, joyful and, you know, it's a, it's a different period, which is why it's such an amazing throwback and a, and a great era to revisit creatively. Um, so Albert, I think, saw the aerobics video and laughed his head off and went, oh my God, Jack, I'm going to make this play about aerobics. Can you come and choreograph it? And I laughed my head off because I was like, there's absolutely no way. I want anything to do with it. And um, the beautiful thing about revisiting Papa, especially something that you've done previously, 
is it gives you a chance to um, dig into bits because I was only 20 when I was doing it. Now I'm 46, so I'm like, that's a long period of time. And I'm, I see the world in a different way and I see my body in a different way and I see my agency in a different way and tinoranga tiratanga in a different way. So I kind of thought, wow, this is going to be a really um, great opportunity to reach into something that's actually real for me and for and to breathe a Māori perspective into the story that was intriguing Albert and Tainui. But also, um, yeah, I think Astro Man, which I don't know if have people seen Astro Man, the first um, version of this, hopefully a trilogy of works by Albert. Astro Man was such an amazing show set in the 80s with breakdancing and spaces, and it just really represented um, a lot of our childhoods, and so this kind of next era was something that I know about. So, yeah, I put me, my head in the ring and kind of went in there and, yeah, gave it the best I had. Um, <clears throat> the aerobic scene back in the day, back in the day, what was that like? What can you remember of that time? And how many Māori were in that space as well? Yeah, I mean, I think New Zealand did really, really well um, in competitive aerobics. And it's kind of interesting to talk about it now because it was pre-internet. So it's a heritage that we don't know about or like unless you were there and in it. So kind of people, when people, when this idea of how competitive aerobics within hyperspace has come out into the marketing things, um, I think the initial ideas were like, you know, Jane Fonda and physical and, you know, people were kind of like, is that what aerobics is? Um, but there was this other sort of very tenacious art form that um, sports that was being um, developed in our country. And um, just want to shout out to Brett Fairweather, who was a former world champion of New Zealand um, back in the 90s, um, was, which was his era where he was just doing amazing things. And one of the tracks in the, um, the show, um, the big number with everyone in their sparkly aerobics outfits, that's his music from the 1991 World Champs. And um, do you know what's so funny? We swapped that out on the last day. So that was the one that we put in on the opening. Um, and we, the, the way we arrived there was the audio engineer who worked on the show, absolutely by sheer coincidence, was Brett's son. <laughs> so we didn't have a piece of music. He goes, oh, my dad's got some music. And I was like, what is it? And he's like, Brett Fairweather's 91 World Championship award-winning routine. I was like, shush. So um, we played it, and, you know, it's an amazing, again, it's a living whakapapa. And what an incredible stage for aerobics to be seen and felt and, and celebrated in our country. Um, but, yeah, back to the corridor around Māori athletes. I, I think the thing I would say is uh, the thing that Māori athletes and aerobics connect with most is the feeling of ihi. And I think that we have that inner fire. And so the, the sense of haka and the sense of pushing um, is another way to demonstrate our feelings, our um, perspectives. And um, throughout, throughout the rehearsal process, you know, this is when the coalition government is coming into, he's like, uh-oh. <laughs> but I mean, it's all connected, like it's all connected. And so we're in the studio, push-ups and press-ups and running and jumping and sweating. And I think Cruz, who's pays Tafai Patai, um, he did a mihi that day just to the how he was feeling about all the things that are going on regarding Te Tiriti or Waitangi. And we're predominantly Māori cast and crew, but also... 
um, non-Māori as well. And kind of what was interesting is that Te Pou Theatre, who Te Pou and Auckland Theatre Company, who are um, co-producing this amazing work, they put out this incredible statement on Waitangi Day regarding um, what it is to bring uh, multi-voices together, multi-bodies together, to, to work our synergies together, to bring the best of ourselves. And I really believe in that. Like, it, it really makes me feel proud. I mean, I think it's nice to feel proud in our country. We've got so much to be proud of, and yet there's so much distraction and, um, and things going on. But, yeah, so I'm just kind of connecting that this journey for quote-unquote aerobics or quote-unquote bodies has been happening for the longest time, but it just keeps evolving and morphing. Um, so, yeah, it's been given the opportunity here to um, uh, be one of the points along our journey. Jeepers, that hine wehi mohi waiata when it comes, it was iconic for me, I think, when it played back in the early 90s, I was, I was little. Haka Fusion was, um, was that, would that have been revolutionary back in, back in that time? Was that a thing, Haka Fusion back then? As you remember? Yeah, it's really interesting what Albert's done as a writer because he has morphed um, sort of a whakapapa of um, evolving, as I say, evolving parts to the picture and he's kind of meshed it in as like one one experience. And I think that... Um, I, I, I mean, initially I thought... I, I was being... Okay, I'll tell you my honest answer. <laughs> so... I, because I know I was there and I knew how it all evolved and who did what and when and that we didn't necessarily know that that word was haka fusion, but but I understand from a writer perspective and looking historically, he's like okay, there's something that happened that feels really valid and relevant and I'm gonna encapsulate it in this way and the characters are gonna give rise to it and then that's gonna be a thing. So in a way, he's rewriting the past, but he's he's just making it clearer clearer for people because it was such a broad thing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely remember, I mean, okay, well, I'll talk about myself. I did a routine to Poirier <laughs> in Brazil at the World Aerobics Championships in 1998. And even just things like that, you know, like I knew that I wouldn't win because everyone else was using techno and that sort of European like, doof, 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 which is cool, but it didn't make me feel anything. So I wanted to go, well, I, I'm probably the only aerobics person that's going to pick this song. And um, and I love it. And I remember the joy and the energy. And, and because it was done before Taika's boy, so it was like the real throwback moment because I think it was 98 and so then from 83. You know, so when it, I remember when I performed that routine, like people just stood up in the crowd and started dancing. And it was a again. It was a, it was a thing about evoking and instilling pride through our culture. Um, so I do remember a lot of, um, if we are to use a word, haka fusion happening. But again, I think that the beautiful thing is, no matter what we do in this country, we we're always defining our perspective as tangata whenua, um, and as New Zealanders, tauiwi. And I think we do something really unique and different, which is why I think. Heading out into the world is always exciting for us because Māori, modern Māori quartet, Atameda Dance Company, you know, we're, we're always trying to find a thing to go, um, we're unique, we have our own worldview. Mm. No, tika te And now, um, 
just to just to you know you've you've opened up um a little bit about you know who you are jack and now if you don't follow jack i i honestly strongly recommend finding whatever jack writes whatever jack shares uh because it's um it's truly unique and special and very articulate and um, you have a coin, you, you, have, you have a phrase that you hashtag a lot on, on most of your posts, and it's called Waking Up Māori. Tell us what, what that means to you. Thanks, James. Um, don't follow me. I've got too many followers. <laughs> um, yeah, so Waking Up Māori again was a hashtag that I used to, to really um, summarise this experience that I was having every time I open my eyes, which is, you know, you're in the whenua that you are, you're experiencing the ups and downs of it as you do. You, I mean, some of us are seeing the inequities as they present themselves. Um, and I, I guess the, the, thing, the thing that I do art for, the reason why I'm a creative is because I needed to create a way out. And out of incarceration in my whanau, out of... Uh, abuse and um, so many things that um, were a Māori problem growing up, but now we're understanding that it's actually systematic, systemic, I should say. And so, as they say in the play, be the change, um, I feel like to be pōno, to be really truthful and authentic to the battle that it feels like sometimes, to be expressive and free. Um, that's why I use that waking up Māori. And there are some sublime things that come with uh, having a relationship to te ao, wairua, te ao, Māori in the ways that they are. And also being urban, like I think that's a major thing, being a, um urban-born Māori. My whanau come from different parts of the motu. From, dad's from Tokumari Bay, mum's from Mitimiti and Hokianga, so two small, very small places. And then through all of the historical lineages of um, how our people move post-war uh, to create urbanised um, um, generations. And now we're moving into digital generations. And so we're, we've got another platform, I think, for our stories to come through. And, I, and it's kind of interesting, I think, when you get older, <laughs> is that you circle back. Like things that you're like, I'm leaving that, I'm going overseas and I'm trying to have a new experience. And then actually all that does is make you really aware of what the, the breadth of what there is, the knowledge, the wisdom, the love, the things. And again, citing from the play, um, there's a part where Hiona, the character, who's the coach, she's getting the vision for Haka Fusion and she's saying it has to be like war and sex and love and all of these other aspects and sometimes we just get caught up in being political pawns and misrepresented and other times we can be human and just have have the expanse to all the feelings that are available like everyone else should so yeah it's been a journey it's been really interesting now that um you know things are increasingly digital as well and Everything seems to be consumed on TikTok and online. Um, what do you think is the major challenge for for live mm. art and live music and live dance? Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that it... I mean, sustaining a two-hour show is really different to 15 seconds <laughs> of doing this. <laughs> and I think that we... I, I think I prefer... I, mean, I think I'm old school in that way. 
because um, I'm used to working. <laughs> I'm used to like trying really hard and I'm used to being really persistent and I kind of feel like all of those values are shifting and changing um, as generations realise that there's faster ways to do things, as, as there's more efficient ways to do things. Like people can feel like they've got work internationally just purely by sending um, digital media out there rather than actually catching a train, you know, abroad and losing yourself in, in, a, in a big city. And yeah, so I feel like the, the difference really is, is the types of experiences you're having and what the expression is. And I, the, the other thing about media, I feel, is um, generally it's quite generic and it kind of reiterates upon itself, whereas this was a world premiere of a new, pl new play, new staging, new choreography, new costumes, new lighting, new design, new set. Like, the, the geniuses involved in putting this amazing thing together, I think, um, yeah, I mean, that can't be surpassed, really. Yeah. Um, and then, so hyperspace, it's got another two weeks to go. Closing night, what are you hoping the audiences who have come through the doors leave with? Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I feel like uh, I've experienced the opening night audience and they were everyone's friends in whānau, and they were going crazy before anything even happened. And like some of the, you know, when they walk out in the beginning, um, people's friends were like calling their names, and I just sort of feel like my, my answer to that is that we can have, um, we can have an exchange here, like, and it can be anything. The audience can be completely involved, and the audience can also, I feel like, sit back and, and enjoy quietly and internally as well. So I love that. It's not something that you're being forced to experience. It's something that's just happening right in front of you and that's the present moment. And um, it's beautiful energy on stage and, um, and a story that is relatable in so many ways. And so I, I think it does what it needs to do. And I'm just more excited for the artists involved to have the, you know, to um, work at the level that they know the training was pointing towards and then to keep trying to do what they can to piece it together so that they can find their own success. Initially when this was all going to happen I just remembered what it was like to train for aerobics so I would I would, I would train for six months and every day like religiously like I'd go to Les Mills and do dance classes and you know I was living this like complete obsession with achieving this form and so when the play you know get offered this play about this thing and then realizing that they're going to cast actors who are not athletes or movers or dancers um I was like oh no how are we gonna how how because the time frames are too short um and the, the reason why they're short is because they can only pay you for a certain amount of time they can't pay for six months to do it, so I'm like, we had to squeeze that into four weeks. So I was like, I don't want to injure people, I don't want to fail the task. So it was a, it was a real stress. So, th so we, I advocated for the leads for um, Cruz and Tiao or Hinepinga, and um, sorry, I get their character names and their real names mixed now. Cody and Anna Marie to have a boot camp 
because my and so this happened in December. And the reason for the boot because we started rehearsal on January third. So the reason for the boot camp was to scare them. I wanted them to know absolutely what, what was in store and to break all perceptions that it was going to be easy. And then I think I just ran them ragged for like, and it, it's funny because I keep thinking I'm not really where I used to be, but then it's all up here. And then I just kept going and going because I'm like, well, I've left the house. I better make something of it. And so um, I pushed them really hard. And um, so then they went away to, over the summer, to uh, work with their own uh, personal trainers that they had organised themselves to get themselves ready for what this was going to entail. And then initially I wanted... Um, Cruz and Tiao, who play uh, Natalie and um, Tafai, I wanted theirs to be the absolute best. I wanted them to be the total standouts. And so we were working on that. And so they did have the full routine, and they um, there was a lot being asked of them to actually achieve that, as well as the amount of text that they had to learn. Um, so it was this staggered process. Anyway, long story short... We're working and working and working on these routines. And then Tainui says, I think I want her to cark it really early in the piece. <laughs> and I'm like, what? So then I chose my favourite part. And then, uh, yep, as directors do, he's like, no, nah, don't like that bit. Can we start it from the middle? And I'm like, you know, you get so precious because you spend hours making these things. I'm saying this as a joke, Tainui, if you hear me. Um, and so I love that process of kind of going, this isn't about doing that thing. This is about how the whole thing arrives together to create the emotion that you felt. And, um, yeah, I, can't, I, kept, I kept trying to say, can, they, can she die just at the end? You know, and then he's like, no, no, in the sit-ups, it'll be much more dramatic. You know, and it, and, it, and it worked out, and it was. And um, I think it was a great choice. I think it was a really great choice on Tainui's behalf. But, um, thank you again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us um, post-show. Um, please, a massive round of applause for Te Pau Theatre, ATC, Hyperspace cast and crew, and Jack Gray. Thank you for joining us for Thank Backstage you. Pass. That was James Tito in conversation with hyperspace choreographer Jack Gray. Hyperspace is now on until February 24th. Don't miss out. Get your tickets at adc.co.nz. Thank you for joining us for Backstage Pass. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to share it with your theatre-loving friends and hit subscribe for more insightful conversations. Nā Come intrigued, leave inspired.